Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, we've got William DeVar. He runs a company called Tridster, and uh, you know, I know that not everything out there is very exciting. Title and escrow services may not be the topic you're thinking of. Oh, man, this is going to change the game. But the truth is, there's a lot of unknowns, and the options that are on the table, especially in my opinion, are not consumer centric. It's not about saving the consumer money, it's not about making the process faster and easier. Uh, a lot of times, it has to do with what the agent thinks is the, the right choice or who their friends are at another company. So uh, William is on a journey to bring some clarity, transparency to those industries. They're working in Pennsylvania, Virginia, and California, headed to 12 new states over the next 12 months. Uh, yeah, I think they're really cool what they do. I love William's approach to this. Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. Hey, William, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, thanks for having me on. I like how I caught you. You're trying to take a sip of some water, and I'm just like, hey, get in here. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, I, pre I appreciate your time. I know we've been trying to connect to make this happen for a little while, and uh, I'm excited about this one. I know what you guys are doing to many people on the outside may not be the uh, industry they're thinking, oh, that sounds so cool and interesting, uh, but I like it because what you guys are doing is so consumer-centric, and that's what really appeals uh, to me. So before we jump into anything, uh, let's get started off. Uh, please let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is William DeVar. I'm the CEO of Tridster, um, a title insurance marketplace for home buyers and refinance uh, borrowers uh, in the real estate space. All right. Now, before we get in, into anything too technical about you know what that all, all that means, can can you let's set the the benchmark here because even for people I know that work in and around real estate aren't always very clear on the differences between title and escrow. There's some nuances from state to state. Can you give a, a baseline here of what is title and escrow services? Yeah, sure. So, you know, so, I mean, just, you know, to, to go a little kind of further into it. So, you know, prior to starting Tridster, I was, um, I was part of the founding team at Better Mortgage, uh, which is the fastest growing mortgage lender in the U.S. today. And I, I spent a lot of time looking at a lot of different consumer loan applications. And um, we were really fascinated um, with respect to title insurance and closing services because we saw all kinds of different providers um, kind of come through on, on transactions. And um, it really struck our interest um, when we started seeing within given states consumers who use title companies that really um, for, for kind of very similar kinds of transactions vary significantly uh, in price and costs. And, and that's what really got um, you know, myself and my partners thinking about title and, and, and how to kind of better educate consumers with respect to title insurance and the role that it plays in the transaction and you know just to give um, a, a brief overview as to what title is so um, when, when you buy a piece of real estate um, uh, it, every piece of real estate property has uh, what's called title which is a set of kind of legal rights associated with the property right um, and when you buy a property, you are assuming some of those rights to the property, right? And you have some rights to the property, other individuals, entities have other rights. Like for example, the US government has uh, the right of eminent domain over every single piece of real estate property in the US. And that's part of the title to every single property. Mm. Similarly, you know, utilities have, um, rights of easement on property so that to the extent that they need to you know go on and make some type of um, repair to for example an electrical line or a, a water duct 
they can do so and they're within their legal right to do so. And then, you know, other entities like, for example, state and local governments have uh, the ability to place tax liens on your property in the event that you don't pay your taxes, right? And so part of getting a title insurance policy as somebody who's buying a home is making sure that the title to the property you're buying doesn't have any kind of lingering or unresolved issues uh, from the prior owner's ownership of that property. And so, you know, some of the most common kind of title issues that pop up are, for example, tax liens for unpaid taxes on the property, uh, mechanics liens, right, for unpaid contract work done on the property, um, uh, spousal or child support debt liens placed by a spouse uh, for, for, for missing payment on, on, on uh, obligations uh, for child support. And so um, the process of getting title insurance policy is, first off, ensuring that these issues get resolved and cleared up before the closing of the transaction. And then the insurance policy itself um, makes sure that, you know, if the title company missed detecting any of these issues as part of the closing process that you as a buyer will be protected against any costs associated with defending your property title in court down the road. There we go. We went deep into that one right there. No one has any <laughs> further questions. We're done. Thank you for so much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Sorry if I went too deep there. No, it, I, I mean, so that, that it just shows like, okay, so, you know, and I, obviously everyone has some different opinions on, you know, how much is this insurance truly worth? How many issues actually arise? And sure, sure issues absolutely do. You know, I, I don't know of anyone who's had any issues, but, you know, in the event that something did, your shares heck want to be covered because typically uh, it's not like you're just losing a hundred, you know, 200 bucks. I mean, you're, you're going to, it could, you could be a, costly mistake if you don't have insurance on that title. So let's start with this though. So I want to jump into and talk about Tridster now. Uh, so uh, I pulled this quote, I think from your website or uh, maybe from the Crunchbase uh, profile. It says Tridster revolutionizes the way home buyers and borrowers shop for title and escrow services. Um, so what I want to know is what solution does Tridster provide that is unique or non-existent anywhere else? Yeah, sure. So today, if you're a consumer and you want to evaluate different title insurance and settlement service providers, um, there really isn't a whole lot out, out there on the internet in the way of resources to help you understand the product and service, uh, understand who provides the product and service, and give you a framework with which to compare different providers and their product service offerings. In essence, there's not really uh, a mature marketplace to help you as a consumer find the best provider for your transaction in your market. And so what Tritster does is in the states where we're currently active, um, which today is Virginia, Pennsylvania, and California, Mm -hmm. provide consumers with general high-level information about title insurance and settlement services, and then also provide them with cost estimates for both the settlement work as well as the title insurance policy in their transaction. Um, our goal is to provide consumers with all of the information that they need to make the most educated consumption decision about who to work with, right? And so when you look at working with a title company for both insurance as well as uh, the closing side of things, um, you're looking at a number of factors. First of all, there's an insurance product to play, right? So you want to understand that, um, you know, how insurance coverage varies from one provider to another. Um, secondly, you want to understand how financially stable the insurer is, right? Is this insurer going to be around to pay out a claim in the event that I need to make a claim, right? Right. Um, you want to know how much this product costs. And so we provide price information. And then ultimately you also want to understand, okay, is this a competent, reliable, friendly 
service provider, right? And so there is a, there's a level of kind of rating of service quality that you also want to understand. And today, Truthster provides consumers with um, compare coverage level, uh, price, financial stability ratings for the title insurers. And uh, over the next six to 12 months, we'll be incorporating both user and industry professional reviews as well for, for title companies so that consumers can also decide along that dimension of service quality as well. Very cool. And, you know, I, I think you alluded a little bit to this earlier, but I mean, why, you know, in, you know, back to your previous role, you know, when you were looking at uh, all these loan applications, but why is this particular area of the, of the industry important to you? Sure. So, I mean, so title insurance and settlement services is one of the largest line items of cost on your closing statement when you go to buy a home. And um, what is, do you know what the cost ranges or is it totally different case by case or percent like commission? It it varies from state to state, but, you know, say for an average size transaction, it's going to be anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 for both the title insurance policies as well as the closing work, right? And, um, you know, it's listed prominently in that section on the loan estimate services you can shop for, right? And, you know, when we were, you know, around the time that the, 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 the TRID disclosures came out, right, that had, you know, this new kind of wording and presentation of, of fees to consumers, we were looking at this and we're like, oh, okay, this is, this looks interesting and useful. But then, you know, you look at this and then you go online and you try and actually shop or search for title providers and you run across very little in the way of consumer facing resources to help you understand the product and find providers. And, you know, in in our view, it's because traditionally, um, consumers have found title companies through traditional intermediaries in the transaction, like real estate agents or lenders, right? You would ask your agent, Hey, you know, who should I use for closing? And they'd let you know, or your lender would just say, Hey, you're refinancing. This is the title company that we use. Um, and, and TRID, you know, made a, an effort, a push to help consumers uh, understand that this is actually a consumption decision that, they have the authority to make. And mm-hmm. we saw that there, you know, there's just not a lot in the way of resources to help consumers in that decision. And the stakes for consumers in actually exercising control over that decision are non-trivial, right? Um, yep. The difference in cost between kind of median cost providers in a market and really competitively priced providers in a market can be quite significant, right? You know, the average Tridster site visitor has surfaced on average $800 in savings. That's Uh, a big screen TV for your brand new house. It's a big screen TV for your brand new house. It's, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's some residual cash left over to help furnish the living room that was otherwise going to go unfurnished for your, it's any number of things. Moving truck, boxes. Like all that stuff. Yeah, $800. And, and typically, well, I mean, you have two options. You can pay that up front, which is, you know, more cash out of pocket. Or you can, you can roll that expenses into the loan. But then what's the true cost of that? that that's, that's absolutely right. Um, and so, and, and, you know, consumers also, you know, I think, um, you know, they, they miss out when they don't have access to, a marketplace, they miss out on finding out about new entrants to the market who can offer much more competitive pricing. They miss out about finding out about uh, startups like State's Title, right? Which is taking a really fascinating approach to originating title insurance policies, right? They mm-hmm. use uh, they use a predictive analytics model to figure out, you know, whether or not they think a property will have a lien issue. And if they don't think it has a lien issue, they'll issue a title commitment in seconds, as opposed to 10 days, right? Seven to 10 days, which is the average time for a title commitment from a title company. And so that's incredible. If you're a consumer, right? 
you want to know if, especially if you think about consumers in hot real estate markets like Denver, Seattle, LA, San Francisco, right? Where, you know, closing timelines are really tight with sellers. If yep. you can find a title company that's going to just erase seven to 10 days, right? From the process, that's really valuable information for a consumer to have. And, you know, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of market intelligence and, uh, you know, market information that we want to surface to consumers in the real estate transaction. It's so interesting you'd bring that up. I mean, this is a recurring theme I continuously see in, in reading about real estate tech companies and also uh, VCs have been talking about this quite a bit, you know, different conferences in the last year are those who really are like, look, Real estate's real simple. Those who solve the friction throughout the transaction are going to win and going to win big because the opportunity is there. And like you just pointed out, you know, you can shave seven days off your closing time coming in with an offer. You know, I mean, one of the, you know, the tactics we would use is instead of putting a 10 day inspection contingency, we'd do a five day, which are, you know, that's a work day. So we get the weekend. And then we would get at day five, we'd submit the inspection response, which gave us an additional five days to make a decision. So we would still get the 10 days. So, you know, this allows you to be far more competitive. And I think that this is, this is, it's so interesting because this is, you know, thought of, you know, you walk into a, a title company and you see paper, you see paper everywhere. <laughs> you, I mean, you just so much paper and you're like, man, what, what could you possibly do here other than just an online form? But you guys are, you know, obviously uh, taking something to market that's helping people see those options. So when it has a waterfall of, a be of beneficial effects, right? It, you know, it not only reduces the seller's exposure, right? You know, in the event that a transaction doesn't work out, but mm -hmm. you know, a, a buyer can, you know, if it's seven to 10 days, you know, mm -hmm. shorter in close time because of how quickly the title work can be done. The buyer can get a, 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 a lower duration lock on their, on their mortgage, right? Which translates into a lower interest rate at lower mm. cost for them, right? So it's just, you know, the, the, the faster that you can do things in a real estate transaction, the, the more you can benefit buyers and sellers. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I just spoke with uh, a VC yesterday. He wasn't willing to uh, tell me who it was uh, Nima from Tomvest and one of their portfolio partners is working on, you know, faster mortgages where you can walk in the door. So, I mean, I envision it the day of you walk in the door of the house you want, you're like, this is the one you can apply for the mortgage. You can have the offer written with an approval letter that day. We've had notarized on the show. They'll do, you know, notary anywhere, anytime, any state online. And then you're talking, you know, if you shave a few days, I mean, you could close a, 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 a conventional loan, 14 days, 20 days. We can totally be done. And this was, there. this is, this was and is the project of Better Mortgage, which I have to give a shout out to is doing fantastic work and creating an amazing customer experience at blisteringly fast close times for consumers. Mm. We should talk to them too. <laughs> I love to. So let me ask you this. I mean, obviously you guys are providing a ton of transparency here, but um, so I guess there's, well, I got so many questions. Okay. We'll try and we'll keep a focus here. I don't want to go down any rabbit holes. First, how are people finding you? I imagine there's some pull through with some agents, but how are you also getting directly to consumers? Because as you mentioned, and, and, my, and also in my personal experience, when people go to write the offer, like, hey, so I, I use Chicago, if that's cool with you. And usually the buyer says, yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think um, when you're in a real estate transaction, there are a lot of different people trying to get in front of you as a buyer with uh, a lot of different kind of interests and goals in mind. So there's a lot of noise around real estate consumers, as soon as the market generally figures out that you want to buy a home, uh, that there, there's a lot of incoming kind of marketing and messaging at you. And, and title, you know, is, is typically, I think for a lot of consumers, something that 
they learn about, discover as part of that home buying process, typically from a real estate agent who will, you know, as I mentioned, give guidance kind of as, you know, with respect to who to use. So the consumers that, that we're finding and that we're attracting to our site really tend to be second, third, fourth, uh, you know, and beyond time home buyers, right? People who kind of understand the home buying process, have been through it before, uh, know that they have the ability to shop for this product and service and uh, want to make sure that they're finding the best providers at the best prices. So uh, experienced home buyers and then also um, people refinancing home loans who are also by definition experienced home buyers, right? Yeah, yeah. Know, like, okay, and, and, and they tend to, you know, uh, they, they tend to kind of be uh, more active on the, the tail end of our funnel just because hmm. you know, they don't have the pressure of, um, you know, somebody saying, oh, well, you really should use our title company. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they tend to exercise more kind of decision-making authority and making that decision for themselves. And we're attracting those consumers typically uh, through search engines like Google, Bing, Yahoo, um, where we're able to, you know, really target consumers who are looking for things like title insurance, title company, escrow company, settlement services. Got it. Yeah, and that, and I, I, I do appreciate like what you're saying. It's, I mean, it's going to be experienced buyers and and sell or or refires because they felt the pain once, and you know the conversations I would have in transactions and with people is it's actually they didn't really. They'll say like, man, I didn't realize how much it was going to be until after they've spent the money. They're like, shoot, that would have been worth another two or three phone calls to say, you know, this was, this was more than it should have been. I should have made a few yeah. more phone calls, you know, like and it's that hindsight. So sure. um, of course it's going to be, I had the same thing. I had the same thought. I was like, oh, shoot, that was, I thought the down payment was only going to be this. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't plan yeah. for the, and we want to get in front of, you know, we want to get in front of. So can you say how you're like, you know, so you're going like directly how you're reaching people. Is it SEO? Is it, are you doing paid ads? Yeah. So it's really through paid search uh, today. Um, again, you know, I think that there's not really a lot out there in the way of consumer facing content for title insurance, settlement services, escrow services that answer questions people are asking like, what is title insurance? Who picks the title company in my state? You know, what are title insurance rates for 2019? Um, and so I, you know, part of our strategy um, on the consumer acquisition side over the next 12 months is to really spend a lot of time putting together world-class content, which addresses these questions that we see consumers asking online so that we can mm -hmm. get in front of them more organically. But to start, um, we've really just focused by targeting consumers who are, know what they're doing, looking for information on this product, and we can very efficiently get in front of on, on both Google ads and Bang ads. Not that I want to nerd out too much on marketing, but I mean, that is my thing. Have you guys tried Quora? Um, you know, we've looked at Quora, um, but I have not, you know, I haven't done the research to see kind of like how many users are engaging with title related questions. And so I think there, there's a bit of an unknown there for me in yeah. terms of like, what is the, what does the audience size look like for this specific product or service there, but very interested in, in learning more and, and really about any place that real estate consumers are going to, to research and get educated on this topic. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, Google's the number one. YouTube is number two. If you weren't doing anything professional, actually, Pinterest is a search engine. Um, oh, it's a surprising turn of events. Pinterest has become a search engine for people because where do you go when you need ideas? I mean, you just go to Pinterest. It's got everything. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress here a little bit. So I mean, uh, leveraging some Google ads. So that's been helping you guys grow. Obviously, you've got some great relationships in the industry. I mean, it's not like you guys are new to the industry. Um, but I, I am curious, you know, and I ask this to every guest, has there been something that you guys had tried, uh, both as maybe as a, a comparison tool 
uh, or a growth uh, model that didn't work out that you kind of had to, okay, we need to pivot or go more in this direction uh, or go a di different direction. A any, any sort of uh, experiments that maybe just didn't go right that you had to, to change up or go a different direction? Sure. So, you know, I think we, we did a fair amount of social media advertising at the outset, um, namely on Facebook. And we found it challenging to, to really get in front of high, ten, high intent consumer traffic out of those platforms. And so, you know, we got a lot of kind of click through over to our site with some of the advertising we were doing, but we didn't see uh, a lot of those consumers then kind of going all the way through the, through our funnel and actually, you know, learning more about pricing. And so um, I think, you know, and I don't know what other, you know, kind of consumer facing real estate businesses have seen in the way of performance on, on social media. But I know for us that, you know, that that's been a challenging, yeah. uh, not that we haven't cracked yet. Yeah. No, I, and it can be challenging for just about any business, uh, especially on the earlier onset. But in real estate, I have this conversation, sometimes it's really difficult to gauge intent well online because just because you're looking at homes daily on Zillow doesn't mean you have any interest in buying. It just means that you want to be nosy and see what your neighbor's house is worth or <laughs> the furniture they have. <laughs> That's right. Let's all be real. We know why Zestimate works. It's playing on our own egos. <laughs> so we can say that we bought at a better time than our neighbor and got more equity. So yes. um, <laughs> that, that's right. So naturally the question I have to ask is how do you guys make money? Sure. So um, we, we generate consumer leads that we then sell to title companies on our platform. So um, it's, it's just a strict lead generation business model at this point. And mm -hmm. we're, we're actively thinking about other ways that we can, um, you know, that we can assist consumers and, and, and make additional revenue. But for the time being, we've found that to be um, a functional business model. So yeah, uh, plan to expand that way as well. Um, and, you know, going back to the acquisition side, one place that we're really interested in, in kind of exploring further is empowering real estate agents who don't necessarily have relationships with title companies to provide more information about options in market to their home buyers. And we've had some really interesting conversations with real estate brokerages around white labeling our title company comparison service for them, um, which their agents can then use and, and refer to their home buyers so that when they come and they say, Hey, you know, I've got to work with a title company. Who should I work with? They can say, Oh, go to our, go to our website and hit compare title companies or find a title company in our area and you know, Tridster powers that entire experience. So I think, you know, our, our goal is really to, um, help consumers in any way that we can. And we, you know, we love getting in front of consumers directly when they go online to shop, but we also know that, you know, in practice, they're kind of making decisions um, or having conversations about this product service elsewhere. And we, we're, we're definitely trying to think through how we can best reach consumers where they're actually you know, taking action on this product and service. And so to the extent that we can equip, uh, agents right who are kind of on the front lines mm -hmm. all this value to consumers we're really interested in figuring that out yeah and, and if a consumer's hired an agent obviously the the level of trust and influence that exists there is it's just so much more so if they say hey use this tool it means a lot more than you coming to the consumer directly and saying hey please use our tool sure um, yeah sure. i mean some authority that comes with that how many um I don't know how you measure it. Do you measure by users or uh, inquiries? But uh, you know, how many how many people have gone through and used Tridster to compare uh, title and escrow services? Yeah, sure. So since we've launched, we've handled or processed just over seventy seven hundred pricing requests, and we've generated over twenty seven hundred 
registered consumer leads or users on our site. And that's mostly in Pennsylvania, though. Late last year, we expanded to Virginia and California. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward to expanding even further this year. And Washington. Uh, I would, uh, we are looking forward to being in Washington. Woo! Let's make it happen. <laughs> Pennsylvania is my home state though. So shout out PA. <laughs> Washington's an interesting state though, because a lot of times it seems like the title company is written into the actual sales contract. So it is, uh, it's typically, uh, it even, uh, a lot of agents put it in the, the agent notes, please use Chicago title or please use, uh, sure. I don't even remember all the other ones. I mean, and that's what, that's where I go back to, like, why I think this is so important because the, the existing model is not consumer centric. You know, when I, when I became an agent and I got my license, the way I learned about who to use for title was the person next to me. I said, Hey, who do you use for title? Sure. <laughs> and they gave me a name and a company. And so when I got on the phone, I was like, Hey, we, yeah, we, this is who we use. And it was the same people using the same people all the time. Sure. sure. And, and that's not, just like you said, it's that, you know, that, that's not giving people the options, letting them know what's available. And they, it should be, it should be far more transparent as to, you know, who we're using and, and what they provide and what they do that makes it worth it. Sure, sure. And, and yeah, one of our challenges is, you know, like, like you mentioned, every state kind of has a, a different dynamic and figuring out how to crack the nut in each state is a is its own challenge so yeah yeah no it can be it can be a little tough obviously with you know different laws and and all that i want to i want to shift gears a little bit here um you know we, we just got talk, done talking about you, know, you guys have a, a lead gen model to your business um but what about the the startup of it i mean you guys are only uh what two and a half three years old right. and, and and have you had to raise any money have you taken any funds to be able to get where you're at right now yeah, so we, you know, the the team really has self-funded up to this point in time. Though, uh, you know, now that we've, uh, now that we've, I think, proven out that there's real consumer demand for information about this product and service, right? And there's real demand on the industry side to connect with these consumers, right? Because I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of the industry realizes that consumers are kind of increasingly getting involved in the real estate transaction. Um, and, and, you know, you have to be able to engage directly with them and, and they're happy and eager to do so. I think, you know, now that we've proven out that there's kind of a demand on both sides and we've gotten it to work in a few states, um, we're now going to look to expand this out nationally and that's going to take some, some external capital to do. So very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep me posted there. Uh, I, we've had a few people on the show. I mentioned to you, we had Nima from Tom Vest, uh, but I can't wait to hear uh, what you guys do. And then obviously, you know, let your investors know Washington top priority. We got to bring that to the people up this way. <laughs> I'm just advocating for my friends and for my future deals. I want to have, I want to have this available to me because it's just not a, it's just not a thing you can do. I mean, it's just, it's not apples to apples calling everybody and, and just getting a straight up answer on all this. So. Absolutely. Um, so and speaking of funding, so, you know, this is, I think going to be a big year for real estate tech. There's a ton of rumors about who's going to buy who, sure. uh, you know, in the past really three years, funding for real estate tech has ballooned. It's, it's really gone. Uh, I wouldn't say haywire. But it's really, I think people have woken up to, hey, maybe we should invest in the world's largest asset class. Uh, time to put some tech behind it, get rid of all that paper and that redundancy and the slowness. But, you know, so those are what I, I think about the funding uh, to real estate tech. But I'm curious what you think. Why is it that now companies are investing into real estate from a tech perspective? And also, where do you think it's headed? Sure. So, I mean, I think if you take a look at, you know, how much it costs to trade real estate in the U.S. relative to the rest of the world, there's a real sharp and significant disparity in terms of total transaction costs in the U.S. and pretty much any other country you look at. There's a really interesting graphic floating out 
around there that, that, that breaks it down, but it's, it's several, you know, percentage points of the total value of the property worth of transaction costs. And so I think that is a fairly clear indicator that there's more friction than necessary in, in trading real estate, right. In, in the U S. And so, you know, I, 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 it totally makes sense that we're seeing as much investment as we are into real estate technology, which is yeah. promising to eliminate a lot of this needless friction, right. From the transaction and make it much cheaper for consumers to buy and sell real estate. And in terms of, you know, I, I, I don't study kind of industry trends as, as in depth um, as, as probably many VCs or investors do, but, you know, we've obviously seen, you know, companies like Knock, um, mm-hmm. Open Door, um, mm-hmm. and, and Zillow with its recent turn to direct acquisition of homes um, become a really significant theme um, and, and focus of investment capital. And it seems like we're going to continue to see that barring, you know, a major collapse of, of either of them and what, what they're trying to do. Um, you know, I think we're seeing really innov- interesting innovation in the title space with companies like States Title, with mm-hmm. software companies like Qualia, which are helping make uh, the closing experience for any consumer uh, with title companies who use them much cleaner and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of interesting innovation in, in homeowners insurance in terms of, uh, you know, making it easier to uh, get quotes for policies uh, and 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 get policies that really meet the needs that you have. So I, right. um, I, I think we'll continue to see investment in technology that makes it easier, faster, cheaper for consumers to buy and sell property. That's the dream, man. Let's 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 go. I'm pumped. I'm I'm just excited thinking about it. Let's make it easier and faster and 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 less expensive. Um, appreciate that. So before we move on to my favorite segment of the show, uh, I, I'd love to give you uh one last shot. If there's anything I haven't uh, served up a softball on for you to share about Tridster, is there, is there any one last thing you think that people should walk away understanding and knowing about Tridster? Um. No, I think, I think we've covered it. Our goal is to, again, help consumers be better educated and, and retain more value in the real estate transaction. And, um, you know, we want to see consumers uh, exercising more authority. And, and in order to do that, you've got to give consumers convenient, reliable access to fantastic information resources that make it easy for them to identify areas to save uh, in the transaction, and we're going to continue working to to do that and 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 meet those goals for consumers. Very cool. We're going to move on to uh, a play a game here. It's called for the future. It's a little. I, I think it's funny. It's a pun. I think the number four, but for the future. For the future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions. So good thing you've been studying up on those trends <laughs> based on the following four questions. Uh, William, you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Question number one, this one's easy. What does Tridster look like one year from now? So we'll be in additional 12 states and uh, hopefully helping our consumers save not only on title insurance, but other products and services in the transaction. We hope to, to, to layer in homeowners insurance over the next six, 12 months. Oh, there it is. Question number two, what will the housing market look like one year from now? <laughs> There's a question. <laughs> <laughs> it only gets worse from here. That gets the big shrug, right? <laughs> I mean, the NBA at the end of last year predicted it would go slightly up, but we're seeing it go slightly down. I mean, I think a lot of it is going to hinge on, you know, what happens with this shutdown, which is clearly slowing economic activity. It's making it harder for mortgage originators to do their job by ordering things like tax transcripts. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and discount 
the NBA's predictions from end of last year and say we're going to be slightly down from, from last year. In terms of sales volume or pricing? In terms of sales volume, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, that's what we're seeing here. Uh, we're only north of Seattle. A report came out recently, one in 10 units for rent in Seattle are vacant. Wow. Uh, and uh, prices have seen their sharpest drop in years. Um, so you know, we've got a little bit of an excess of inventory for rent. Lots of uh, uh, freebies being given out to get people to rent. Prices aren't low enough with interest rates where they're at to, to spur too much growth. So, all right, let's keep moving. Question number three, when will the next big boom or bust happen in real estate? <laughs> well, you know, real estate values are, are tend to be somewhat cyclical and, uh, you know, it seems like we've, in a, in a lot of markets, not all markets reached a bit of a high level mark. And so, you know, I, I don't expect we'll see a bust like we saw in 2007, 2008, just because the, you know, the mortgage industry has, um, exercised a lot more discipline in terms of the kind of credit it's extended. And so we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have the same kind of credit bubble, but that said, um, you know, I, I would have to guess that we're going to start to see high watermark on property values in, in most markets over the next year or two. And who knows what will happen with the economy. It really is going to depend on, 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 on where we go economically. I think <laughs> our uh, current political uh, atmosphere does have uh, things constantly and man, this could go really good or, who knows? Um, that's yeah. a whole nother show though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fourth and final for, for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? You know, I think that the first, I think the first mortgage company to do an instant mortgage is going to be really the most dramatic driver of change in terms of how we can trade real estate. Because today we have to think like we make a lot of decisions around buying and selling homes on the basis of how easily and how quickly home buyers can get financing, right? You think like today you have to sell a home if you want to buy another one in order to get your equity out before right. you can move into the home that you want to buy, right? And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, when consumers can kind of get to a place where they just have immediately available credit and, and property can be traded with financed buyers the same way it can with all cash buyers, we're going to be, um, we'll see a very, very different type of, of marketplace for real. Now, there are a few companies kind of doing that but it, it does cost a little bit of money. You've got fly homes, sure. uh, ribbon, you know, but that, I mean, they're still very regional. They're still very much working on their models. And I think, you know, one of the challenges um, for something like that is how does someone look that up? I mean, how do you even, how do you, what do you, what do you go to Google and search? How do I get instant cash for my house to buy my next one? I mean, there's no, like you go to buy a car, you trade in the car, you get some cash. It helps with the down payment. Boom. You're good. We don't have that system yet for the house. It raises an excellent question, right? Which is, you know, at Tristra, when we look at kind of, you know, again, information resources about all these products and services you end up needing in the transaction, you know, we think consumers are underserved, not just for title insurance, but across the board for products and services, right? You know, we have established marketplaces for mortgage like LendingTree, mm -hmm. Bankrate, Zillow, NerdWallet. And yes, they'll give you a fairly clear kind of direction in terms of price. But, you know, when it comes to using a lender to finance the purchase of a home, consumers care about a lot more than just interest rate, right? They care about things like uh, you know, reputability and reliability of the closing process. They care about things like speed to close. And a very interesting study by, I believe it was the New York 
Fed came out last year that showed that fintech lenders on average closed 20% faster than traditional lenders. Wow. Or, or 10 days in, on a time scale, right? And that gap is just opening up, right? Yeah. And that's really meaningful information for consumers. Again, consumers in hot real estate markets, you know, they want to know, okay, I'm looking at 20 lenders, you all have the same rate, but which of you is going to close 10 days faster than the other? Yeah. And our marketplaces today aren't really surfacing that kind of information. And so I think, you know, I think we've got some work kind of as, as marketplaces, right, in the real estate space, all of us to do a better job of, A, figuring out what is important to consumers and then going out of our way to get that information and put it in front of consumers so that they can make the best decision. It's kind of like the adult version of the marshmallow test, almost. What's I the mean, marshmallow test? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm totally butchering this here, but the marshmallow test is a simple psychological experiment that was, you know, has been done on kids many times. You put a kid alone in a room, you put a single marshmallow on the plate and say, I'm going to be back in five, 10 minutes. And if I return and you haven't eaten the marshmallow, uh, you get a second one, but you are free to eat the marshmallow if you want. Mm. And the pain on their face looking at that marshmallow. <laughs> I mean, they just want to eat it, right? They want that marshmallow. And so what you're yeah. saying is like, especially if they're surveyed after the purchase, if I go through a close extension, right? And then I go through another one. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're not going to close. Sure. They're going to mess this up. Like that pain is so real. It is so tangible at that moment. And it really stands out because this is a big purchase. You could lose your deposit. You could lose all that time. You That's could right. lose the house, that big, you know, that thing that you're already 15,000 over budget on that you have to borrow from grandma, you know, to get the money for the, the closing costs. Cause no one told you to shop for your title company. And and now you're, you're 20 days late or whatever. You know what it is. That's so, right. I mean, that pain is very real. That's right. You might lose the house. You'll definitely have to pay lock extension fees on your mortgage, right? It's right. There are a whole right. host of headaches. And I think, you know, we need to be, again, we need to be giving consumers all of this information up front and we need to be educating them that they need to care about this information up front. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, William, we're going to move to the final three questions. These are a little bit more about you. They're totally easy, non-predictions. You can just make up the answers if you want. I, I'm, it's, I'm, it's all good by me. Sure. <laughs> uh, question number one, uh, what are you reading? What do you like to read? So I'm currently reading, uh, I'm currently reading Moby Dick by Herman Melville. And uh, I'm also starting a book um, by, I can't remember his, his full name, so I'll, I'll just have to forego <laughs> the second book. Another fictional book or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Mixing it up then. Yes. Yeah. All right. Question number two, who are you learning from? Oh, all kinds of folks. Um, you know, I, I just really ramped up my engagement on Twitter over the last couple of years, which some days I curse and uh, other days I really enjoy. And, you know, there are just so many smart folks in the venture world, in the prop tech world. Um, really I'm, also, I'm a political junkie. So like, just lots of interesting commentary on kind of what's happening, you know, in this country politically. Wait, uh, so we really could do a whole nother show talking about the we current. We can do a whole nother show if you want. Oh man, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I wouldn't point to anyone in particular, but just kind of the, the, the community, the online community, especially on Twitter in, in venture and prop tech, that's just, been really generous with their with their thought and, and their passion about innovating yeah i agree there's a handful of people that i follow that i think um that they go on the twitter rants and now that twitter lets you just post tweet after tweet in one big chunk um <laughs> you know andrew chen being one of those people i mean with his reports uh, obviously but yeah. when he goes off on a tan off on something it's like 
pause what you're doing, go read this because, you know, this <laughs> is exactly what you're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, you could learn in five minutes, but it took him how much time and experience That's to right. fill. So, and, right. and a shout out to uh, Drew who runs Geek Estate. If you're at, I don't know if you're a member over at Geek Estate. Geek Estate's a online mastermind for other real estate tech and uh, uh, leaders um, in the industry. I'm making notes. There it is. I'll get you an intro. Cool. Um, all right, last one. What inspires you or what helps keep you inspired? Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a tough one. I guess it's just life, everything around me, whether it's, you know, cooking something delicious or um, growing something in the garden or discovering a really fantastic consumer acquisition arbitrage. (laughs) (laughs) They are all obviously related, you know, but you, you know, it's, you know, inspiration, energy, it, it kind of, it just passes through from, you know, one part of your life to the next. And so I, I try and keep it all inspired all the time. So cool. William, thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been a fun show. I think the title is far more interesting than I thought it was. Actually, I still feel very much the same (laughs) about title, but you're, you're pretty cool. Um, and you make it easy to talk about. So uh, cool. before we head out, I want to give you the opportunity. If people want to connect directly with you and also want to learn more about Tridster, uh, how do they do that? Where do they go? Yeah, sure. So you stop by our site, tridster.com. Um, you take a look around. Would love to get your thoughts if you have them. And you can get me your thoughts at william.devar at tridster.com. Or you can just email hello at trister.com and that's a direct phone to me too. So Boom. there we go. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes so that people know how to get in touch with you um, and uh, go from there. But well, we'll have to see about doing this political show. I don't know if it's going to ruin my career or not. Uh, Let's do it. You can, you can do it under an alias. <laughs> I, I will as well. <laughs> we should do that. All right. Well, Hey, this has been great. Uh, we'll have to catch up another time down the line and uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah. Thanks for, so much for having me on the show. You bet. Cool. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list. So you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the app store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.